Hello, and welcome back to Conversations with Claire. This is episode 45. We're already almost to 50, and I'm pretty hyped about that. Today's guest is Jimmy House. He is the founder of Team House Strong. He is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He is a natty power lifter. <laughs> uh, a bodybuilder. A mobility, I'm going to say coach slash pro, because that feels appropriate, yeah? Enthusiast. Enthusiast, he is, for real. Uh, it's inspiring. Thank you. And an aspiring pro wrestler. Correct. Nailed it. Perfect. I meant to ask you if that was appropriate before we were here, so I'm glad that worked out. Well, actually, uh, let's make a few changes on that one. Okay, do it. Um, aspiring pro wrestler and training to become legit. But Unpack that. Still, what does that but mean? But yet still inspire. I can't, I can't say until it happens. Okay. but as, So aspiring is appropriate. You yes, simply, 100%. This is a heavily desired endeavor mm -hmm. that started at a very young age. No, like literally maybe like a year ago. But, oh. but I've, been, I've been engulfed in it since a young age, watching it. I didn't know that I was actually wanting to do it until last year. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Plot I just twist. assumed it was like a forever thing. Okay, so you'd be doing some things. Mm -hmm. You've also set, like, what did you, it, we talked the other day, and it was like nine records nationally or something like that? Yeah. The last time I competed in powerlifting, uh, they had just introduced the drug tested division for one, of the, for one of the organizations that I would compete in frequently. So they're all relatively new. But I did, I did set nine national records in the same meet in that one. And they stood for a decent amount of time. I don't know how many or if any of them still stand to this day. I don't even check. Uh, but as a team, though, I did set a couple national records, a couple world records in a few different organizations. My most recent, recent record was a strict curl world record set at the Arnold last year. No. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I'm a mediocre power lifter for the most part. <laughs> Hashtag natty. Uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm a natty power lifter but not natty bodybuilder does that make sense no i'm just kidding it's a joke no it makes no sense <laughs> my brain did not compute i'm just kidding I'm, I'm, in, I'm in preparation for the haters that'll comment on the on the video yeah oh trust me i even got to have a conversation so you've been hanging out on it a bit more recently uh -huh. and so i even got to have a conversation with someone yesterday like with a bit of your background that was uh -huh. funny they were like there's no way that dude's not like on stuff and i'm for like sure yeah, well, so the thing is, he started lifting weights when he was five. So, okay, we have to go to how we met first, and okay. then we're gonna, and then we're gonna come back to uh -huh. that. But just because I always like to tell the how we met, and this feeds in beautifully to this. So, how we met, I actually don't know because you worked out with a mutual friend first, right? So I like knew who you were slightly because of that from a distance. We hadn't really met yet, mm -hmm. and then I think the first time we like legitimately met was at on it. Yeah, that was the first time I had a conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so we agreed to go ahead and like, it was a good conversation. And then we were like, yeah, let's work out together. Whatever. We set mm -hmm. up a workout a couple of weeks later, mm -hmm. we come, we work out. And, uh, so I, I was aware of the reality that you were strong. Right. But on it slash Austin, Texas is full of jacked humans. Like they're just everywhere. And I For say sure. about on it specifically, which I can't believe to this day that I work there. It's <laughs> kind of crazy to me, yeah. uh, in the coolest way, but I'm like, it's just a bunch of primates. Like there's sure. just all these gorillas walking yeah. around and yeah, it's so much. cool. Yeah. So it's very normal, right. To observe people that you're like, yes, that's an incredibly like impressive physique, 
but it's also normal there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of crazy. Anyway, so we work out together, and I knew you were strong, uh-huh. but the things that you were, I was like, what the hell is this it was exciting it was cool it was fun um and you also of course taught me different things about you know different ranges of motion like it was um an educational experience for me so thank you yeah of course um but that's the the, to me that's the how we met is like okay (laughs) i know that you're a fitness professional in some capacity and you do a lot of different sports and but just a very like window shop situation and so then to come (laughs) observe close proximity i was like okay i don't think i get it (laughs) Uh, okay. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> what do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what people expect if they're going to come work out with me, to be honest. I mean, as long as I get the agreement that you're going to do what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, we'll just make it work, you know? And yeah. to be honest, I look at a lot of the people that are substantially stronger than me. And I just think that I'm just nothing in comparison to these people. And so very flattered by the compliment. And I, cause, cause I still think of that about myself, to be honest, but I do appreciate, <laughs> I do appreciate the kind words for sure. <laughs> we had video right now. Cause you guys can just see my eyes. just pop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, you know, that's a good thing in a way for you to be looking to people. I mean, that's definitely why with the Most whole definitely. example of like CrossFit, like I choose to, when I do it, it's my roots. I mm-hmm. love it. So, and when I choose to do it, like I moved here and I immediately sought out the location with the most competitive athletes for a reason. And I go train with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's comparable, I suppose, of, of looking up to people and wanting to get your butt kicked. Basically my plan for that workout was I was going to take all of my best lifts and put them together in one workout without any organization whatsoever, just to show off in front of Claire the first time. <laughs> Wait, actually, is this real? No, that's not. That? That's not true because it would have been like deadlifts and squats and everything else. But I did try to. I did try to put together my best upper body lifts. I guess you could say. Besides the barbell bench, that was slightly embarrassing. But at least you didn't judge me for it. Well, I didn't even know how much weight was on there because it's just so much. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really. It's. It is funny. Cause I get to work out with a lot of fitness professionals mm-hmm. today, you know, and the varying. It's. It's crazy. The varying levels of strength. Uh, yeah, the whole thing's quite interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I think. And thank you. I think that strength for me is has further defined itself more and more as I've gotten older. So whereas when I was like in my early 20s, strength is like how much can you deadlift and squat and bench press? And to some capacity, I do correlate strength with that. But now strength to me means a bunch of different things. Like how strong are you with your body weight? How strong are you in the main list? How strong are you with dumbbells? How strong are you in a full range of motion? How strong are you in an extreme range of motion? Like that type of thing. Like strength strength to me has now become a goal to where I'm trying to hit all aspects of it mm-hmm. and be uh, full encompassing of what strength actually can be instead of just doing powerlifting or even like when I was in high school and I was focusing on getting, getting really strong, but more at bodybuilding movements. Like I used to, in high school, I used to come to the gym and, and psych myself up over like maxing out on like the lat pull down, sure. you know? Sure. So strength has always been a motivation for me, but more recently it's been, it's been the, the definition has evolved a lot. Mm-hmm. And since I hadn't done a lot of mobility stuff in the past, Finding out how weak I was when I first started like mobility training specifically like a year and a half, two years ago. And I found out, oh, mobility is not just stretching. Like you can actually load a lot of these things and then get strong at these things. So then mm-hmm. so then it became relative to me because mobility is, is just strength and a different range of motion basically. And so that's what really sent me down that rabbit hole to yeah. where now I like really like the mobility side of things. Yeah. Uh, 
your stories on Instagram, which guys we'll talk about at the end, but of mm-hmm. course I'm going to link his stuff. So you, if you don't already, you've got to go check it out. It's cr- like his, your stories, you post all of this stuff that you're doing day in, day out. And so you give access to a lot of like just the motion, the ranges of motion that you're working and loading and things like that. And it's really interesting to watch what you're up to. It's inspiring. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this on this episode, mm-hmm. but you. it is, but this reminds me of, a trajectory that I was taught in mm-hmm. a certification that I got to take that was uh, wonderful. It was a continuing education. I don't know that it was an actual cert. I don't know. It gave me some wall candy. Okay. Don't you <laughs> like that term? <laughs> like, I don't have any here. Oh, no, it's not here. No, like wall candy of like, you know. I get what you're you, saying. Yeah, yes. the, you, get a, you get a thing that says you did a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so mobility, stability, strength, right? And so the idea is like this, we start with the mobility. Can I passively get through this range of motion, right? Without any sort of resistance, can I even access that range? And then we build upon that next up stability. Can Mm -hmm. I be stable there? Yeah. And then last but not least, can I load this thing? And so mobility, stability, strength, I think is just such a cool thing that I think about all the time of like, okay, can I even get there? Okay, when I'm there, can I hold that? Mm-hmm. Oh, whenever I'm there, can I hold that with load? Uh, fun. So you're like in the thick of that. Well, and in exchange of compliments, I, I will say that your mobility is also very, very good. I was quite impressed with your ankle mobility and internal rotation of your hip and everything like that. I've been I've been studying your body respectfully, <laughs> you know, the way it moves and such. It, it's it's good. And like I know you do a version of your own mobility stuff too, but like it, it's it's cool to see like you're you're very much a complete athlete and, and coach. So good job. Thank you. You're welcome. It's so cool. I One of the things that got exposed to me when I moved to Austin and started to branch out of the little bubble that I came up in, which was a great bubble, and I have so much gratitude mm-hmm. for the foundation that was built there. I can't. Most of that was there, right? But one of the things that was exposed to me was something as simple as uh, lateral movement. I hadn't mm-hmm. done much of that at all. I didn't grow up playing sports, you name it, right? So I come here to Austin and I'm working out with different fitness professionals mm-hmm. that work out in different verticals of fitness and they're wanting me to move laterally and it and with load. And it was as if like, I, I didn't even have an adductor, you know, like it was like, right. it was shocking mm-hmm. because I considered myself at that point, like a strong individual. And so to find this simple change of movement pattern and be like, wait, what these legs I would consider to be strong, mm-hmm. but you just asked it to go this way instead of that way. Mm-hmm. And she's not doing that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been very useful to have all that exposure to you guys who just do things differently. Um, and it's exciting cause you just get to keep building on it. So thank you. That actually does me, I have to plug this that freaking yesterday. Did you see that the, um, split squats, I'm, I'm a psychopath at this point, but mm. I was doing them with seventies. I did see that. That's awesome. Okay. That's we can stop cool. talking about it. I that's had to, cool. it's cool. Cause a year ago it was with 35s and it was that's awesome. So like, that's a crazy jump. That's a bit, that would make my leg feel tired to be honest. <laughs> uh, the seventies. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean like, uh, and at this point it's like, how long do you do progressive overload before you're like, all right, bro, what's yeah. the goal? <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway. Hundreds. Okay. So now we have to go back to, so we did the, how we met. Now we got to go to, so you're 27 years old right now. Mm-hmm. You started working out when you were five years old. Mm-hmm. So this is great because this takes us back to something we just talked about, about how like people assume that you're not natural. Yeah. Right. And, and like, it's kind of fair, right? A guy your age having the muscle development that you have is abnormal. And so, yeah, I just kind of want you to like unpack a little bit of that of like, for sure. why'd you start at five? Why'd you keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So my physical journey, I started martial arts when I was three. So 
pretty much ever since I was a kid. I mean, even before then, I was really into like just playing catch with my dad and stuff like that. So physicality has always been a priority for my entire life, basically. And I started martial arts when I was three. And then shortly after that, my dad would – I was big into baseball. Like theoretically, like the most cocky thing I'll ever tell you in my life is that if I stuck with baseball, I would be in the MLB for sure. Like that was like the thing I caught on so fast. Like, I, And if I had my best friends here, they would tell you the same thing. Wait, so why did you stop? It was boring. <laughs> it's just I just didn't I, I don't know at a certain point I just uh I became more interested in, in football and then football went into wrestling I just uh never I never found my groove back for it again but I gotcha. I did I did have quite a head start on the majority of peers for baseball in particular so uh, the reason why I bring that up is because you know when I started really enjoying baseball that's when like I would start doing a lot of like footwork and mobi- mobility drills with my dad like growing up when I was really young like four or five, six, like just basic stuff, just teaching me how to move, right? And so when I was old enough to comprehend how lifting weights go, I had spent the majority of my childhood kind of just chilling in the garage and watching my dad lift weights because we had a, a pretty decent garage set up for what it would have been like 2001, right? There's there's a fair amount of weights in there, good squat rack, cable system, stuff like that. So we had a lot. Yeah. And so I would watch him work out, and then naturally I was intrigued to at least try it when I was old enough to understand what he was doing, at least comprehend like the things that he was saying to me, then I would try it out a little bit. He bought me a sports authority, like little mini weight set essentially with like, it was like an aluminum bar maybe that weighed like a pound and then some weights on it. It, it was cool. But after I started though, I was like, this isn't as fun as I thought, <laughs> but, but I'm too ob- obedient at this point to tell my dad I don't want to do it. So I just kind of toughed it out from, what would, what would have been five through – I didn't start enjoying lifting until I got into middle school when, like, uh, I started getting a little bit of respect for, like, being a little bit more muscular than my peers. And then people started asking me how much my, I bench. And then I was super excited to come into class every week and tell them about my new five-pound bench PR and whatnot and whatever. And so that's when I was like, oh, lifting's cool. I'm glad I started doing it. But up until that point when I was missing birthday parties and, and missing, you know, video games with my friends and everything like that, this sucks. I don't want to wake up, you know. And, and again, my, my obediency is a curse – but in that point was a blessing in the sense that I didn't have the courage to be like, dad, I just don't want to do this shit. And so I just stuck it out. And the only thing that I really liked working out when I was a kid was like shrugs and traps. I don't know why I like that. It was like the first muscle that ever actually grew for me. Yeah. I'm still waiting on my calves to grow. I'm, I'm hoping that's like a thirties thing. Are they lagging? They're lagging a bit for sure. Oh, um, thirties. <laughs> you still have three more years. So. We're, we're going to get there. Or not we're, three. Uh, that's funny. Later I was going to ask you if your uh-huh. uh, traps have their own area code. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. I don't think so. Yet. No, it was a I'm serious. Okay, cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So kind. So now getting back to the original question in regards to like my natural status and, and my, my purpose to stay drug free. That that derives from my parents, how I, was, how I was brought up as a kid. So pretty much as I, how I was brought up as a kid was like, alcohol bad, drugs bad, don't do this. Like, you're, you're our only kid. Do not disappoint us in this sense. And the biggest thing that I have relationship-wise with my parents is my obediency and my commitment to maintaining a high level of respect with how they raised me. That's even to this day I still apply that. And so working out and I'm making progress from age five and up until age 14 and from age 14 up until age 21. And all of a sudden I'm like 17, 18. And I'm hearing about this thing called steroids that apparently everyone does. And I remember when I did my first bodybuilding prep, when I was basically 16 turning 17, I didn't realize that 
gear in the sport of bodybuilding was so prevalent. Mm-hmm. I was very ignorantly bliss to it. And mm-hmm. so I remember I was under the same nutritionist and there was other people on the team doing whatever they, that they do. And I would be so discouraged to see that I'm not like getting as lean as these people as fast. I'm like, I'm doing effectively the same diet at the time I was doing, uh, cardio in the morning, then wrestling, then lifting for wrestling, then cardio back home and then going back to the gym and then doing lifting and then like doing like essentially like four or five workouts a day during this bodybuilding prep. And I'm seeing these, these guys just get like shredded and shredded and bigger each week. I'm like, what, what am I doing wrong? Mm. I was genuinely ignorant to the, the reality of it. And, and it's fine, right? Because it's, it's just a part of the fitness industry. But at the time, like I had no idea how prevalent this stuff was because I had gone from age five up until age 17 without doing anything because I didn't need to because I had such a head start on everybody. And even even still, maybe I, maybe I didn't look like some of these people, but I was probably stronger than a lot of them because that was primarily the main focus since I was a kid was developing strength to translate into sports such as football and wrestling and whatnot. Now being well into my 20s, kept that same kind of cadence going where I've been doing this for so long and I haven't slowed down. I'm still seeing progress in certain areas. Like there's certain lifts, like maybe my deadlift or my squat where if I never gain another ounce of squat, I I don't really care as much, but there's other aspects of fitness where mobility wise, like I have so much more room to grow and I'm progressing without doing it like, and yeah, splits and backflips. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, I think it's it's a matter of like maintaining truth to my roots growing up, maintaining a level of obediency to my parents and just that's one thing where I, I can continue living that way and uphold the same type of respect that I had as, as a kid with my parents now being two states away. Yeah. And so when it comes to people's opinion of that, especially before they even get to know me, I can see how the thought comes up for sure. I do think though that when you really know how to spot it, there's a lot of giveaways for me in particular to where it's kind of, it's more likely not than yes, but you know, everybody has their opinion. Like for example, do you mind if I ask you what that would be? Because even as somebody who likes, like I'm in the fitness industry mm -hmm. now and I don't even feel that uh, I could for sure. It's, that. it's not a dead giveaway for everybody in my opinion, but there's definitely people to where I could probably take a wild guess and probably, and probably guess in this, in the range of like being correct in regards to them, maybe assisting with something, which is fine. Are you comfortable but, stating any, if not, that's okay. I mean, they're just general statements. I think, I think a lot of people kind of like ponder these things. I, so, I mean, you have like the ones that are stereotypically brought up such as acne or, or, sure. um, like, uh, gyno and, and stuff like that for me it's it's more so it's like more so of like a how does like the skin like look and then how do like certain muscles pop out over others right I, besides my calves i like to think that i'm pretty proportional my traps are bigger but shoulders wise they're they're relatively flat unless otherwise pumped like there's there's like th- certain things i would look for in an individual and also too i always always think about sometimes the individuals that are running certain things kind of walk around with like a perma pump in the sense that like, for example, I wake up in the morning, my veins are just non-existent. I feel fat. And I'm like, God, what happened to me? I go to the gym and like, Oh, that's there. There they are. Like we're okay. okay. You, know, you know what I mean? But, okay. but I wouldn't put it past a lot of people that are using to kind of like walk around with that same kind of pump, even on their normal hours. I gotcha. That's like some of the things like that. Right. 
And also, if you really wanted to go down the rabbit hole and dictate whether or not somebody is using or not without just actually getting confirmation, then I would put in the extra couple minutes of research to be like, okay, well, what did this person look like last year? What did this person look like five years ago? What did this person look like 10 years ago? Yeah. Right. For that, myself. That to me is more indicative from my perspective yeah, today. Those, Just because there's people like you, right? Right. It's like, that's a very muscular human. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. They've been, they've been at it for a long time. Right. So, and from my perspective, a lot of people don't know this, but I wrestled 195, pretty lean my senior year of high school. So that's like about 10 years ago. Right now I sit at 200. And although my body composition has changed totally this not like for example you see somebody jump on and it's just like a drastic like they the, the progress i put on in 10 years is realistically happening in like four to six months yep and i i look at certain stories like that and you could argue like you know genetics and everything like that 100 percent, but it's it's like the drastic change or a drastic change in weight or muscle mass stuff like that those are like the most obvious giveaways mm-hmm. for sure or even like strength increases totally And so when it comes to like varying opinions online of my status, I would go out on a limb to say most people don't even take the time to even click on my profile, let alone go down the rabbit hole and be like, oh, he was 16 and looked like this. And 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 he looks worse now as a 27 year old, you know, Um, but because it's interesting because I one of my friends that I collaborated, collaborated with a few times. So he's like, He's like, uh, what should I, what should I name this? I was going to put five, seven flexibility guy and five, nine jujitsu guy. I was like, if you really want people to get upset, put natty. And, uh, and then, so, so he did. And the thing blew up to like several, several million views. And they're just specifically what you're talking about. They're just just hundreds of people shitting on me like daily. It's it's quite the show. Uh, And some of these, some of these people like are are going off in the comments, having their own arguments, just branched off of like literally the word natty being above my head. The first thing is a lot of people go on the limb and say like the people that are natty are the people that claim natty are always the ones that are taking steroids. And I'm like, sometimes but on the grand scheme of things does that really make sense like is everyone that is natural or says that they're natural a lot because here's my problem with the fitness industry it's it's a fact let's go let's go to a problem (laughs) we get get after them so so you have the people that are honest about their usage which is great because it 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 paints a, a spectrum of reality for for people that are wondering right um which is good like that honest but but then the backlash of that is if you take somebody that is actually natural or drug free or whatever term you want to use, then it's like, okay, well, if that person looks a certain way or is a certain level of strength and they say they're drug free or natural, it's like, bro, be honest. Everyone else is honest. What are you, what are you trying to hide? It's like, bro, I would love to tell you that I'm on steroids if I was, but I'm not. So like, I'm not just going to sit here like, yeah, you know what, bro, I'm on steroids. You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. Like my bad for lying. It's like, so it puts, it puts people that actually don't in a kind of an awkward situation because like you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in a sense. Um, and so that was like kind of one of the reality realities I had to come to understand is just that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that don't know you that don't want to put the time and to get to know you. And they're just going to think whatever they want. Yeah, to think. Well, and the reality of it too, is if we look at the general public, like they don't know any better. And so mm-hmm. you can't really fault. So like you've been in the industry since you were, you were literally baptized as a child mm-hmm. in fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like so cool and becoming more prevalent as mm-hmm. more parents are doing fitness and allowing their children to have, like it's so cool that it's becoming yeah. more popular, but 
I don't, you know, even me five years ago, you know, I, I like it just, I think holding space for the reality that so many people are just really uninformed anyway. And so it's not that they're bad, you know, mm-hmm. but like they just generally don't know any better mm-hmm. and where did they get their information and have they, you know, so there's all of that. Um, and that it just, it does very much so speak to the whole, it's, it's funny. I, I like posted a story yesterday about a conversation with a client who's mm-hmm. seen really good results in the past few months. And was like, what do I do Up my cardio or eat less? And I was like, neither yeah, stay yeah. put, chill out. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And, and then it was cool because a doctor of physical therapy that gave me actually some of the best education that I've received, uh, have a lot of respect for this individual and they DM'd in response and they just said, this is the hardest part for people wanting to do more or eat less when they just need to keep doing the same shit Mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And I said, 1000% being a coach is really cool. And he said, being a good coach, great stuff. People like you are few and far between. Mm -hmm. So it was like so cool to get that from somebody that I respect, but like this is a fitness professional that's been in the game for a very long time, has a doctorate, you know, all of that. Um, but it speaks to like, the, you know, you since you're five to now, it's like, well, yeah, he just literally been doing it so freaking long. And so holding space for all those humans who just don't know any better yet, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think I would say my biggest maybe critique or even like suggestion for the majority of the people that maybe are on the fence about certain people. It's like, you can definitely wonder and it's, it's your right to wonder, but I, I do think it, I do think it's silly to just straight up like accuse somebody of being a liar mm-hmm. when you don't have the formal education of even the person to even like make a statement like that. Like, like you could argue, Oh, it's a compliment. Sure. However, it's, it's more so when like, okay, this person is saying that they're drug free or natural, what have you, you don't know them, but now you're like questioning their character and like, just basically like calling them out for being a liar. So that's where it goes from, Oh, you have a good physique. So you might be on steroids too. Now you're just a shit person. Okay. So, but your exposure to this sort of stuff started really young. Now that you're saying mm-hmm. all of this, I'm like that one post, for example, right mm-hmm. by now you're still in your twenties, which I think that anybody who starts to create content, like I'm genuinely so glad I didn't even get online really until Mm -hmm. I was 30 right? because I was not ready for all of the opinions of Mm -hmm. all of the strangers and what to do with that. Right. For sure. And you have been dealing with that for a lot longer Mm -hmm. and started a lot younger. And so how do you deal with all of that? So for one, I'm definitely not perfect. I need to be better, but I'm definitely, (laughs) it's good. So I'm better in the sense of how it's received and how it sits with me. At this point now in time, if I respond to something, it's a little bit more of like silly banter back and forth. It's yeah. like, oh, let's let's pick on this person for a little bit. Yeah, I could I could probably be better in that sense, right? But before that though, it would definitely like eat at me. It would actually like affect my day. Totally. Uh, like for example, if I get a, if I get a silly comment now, based, depending upon what they say. And like, oh yeah, it, it, you know that for a fact. And then, and then like go back and forth. Or like my, my friend will comment with actual facts and whatnot. And then just like kind of get, get, get in these guys' uh, heads a little bit. So it's kind of funny in that sense. But for the most part, I mean, I don't respond to hundreds and hundreds and even potentially now thousands at this point comments. I was going to say, I think for you, it's probably almost nice because the volume has gotten so high. You just like can't yeah, let it, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, I remember. Whereas those first few probably really messed with you. For sure. Most definitely. Yeah, because I would say for a while Instagram and social media was a relatively safe place. But then when I started growing a little bit more and then more eyes were on me, yes. uh, that's, that's when I'm like, Oh, I thought people liked me. <laughs> you know? I thought people were, yeah. For wanted sure. what was best for me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so for sure, it definitely, it definitely impacted me much more at the beginning. My outlook on it now, especially with a lot of the people that I look up to uh, as actual idols or heroes in that sense, like my 
Texas dad, Bill Goldberg, or even my my lifting dad, C.T. Fletcher, they deal with hate all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Still some of the most positive people that I've ever met. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, if I'm striving to be on these people's level, the amount of hate that they get, the amount of people that talk shit about them or to them, I got to get to a certain point where it doesn't really affect me. Totally. So I think one of the good role models for me that's been great is uh, Cody, Cody Sanchez. Nice. And she's just been, yeah, she's just been such a gift since I moved here to get to know and befriend. And uh, she's obviously, you know, from the time that we met to now, which we met a little over a year ago, Mm -hmm. uh, she's well over doubled her audience size. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, been so incredible to watch and she's such a good human that I'm so stoked for her but her disposition about it has always been one that's been really like you know if I can think from that lens of like she just feels strongly like you know staying within her core her Mm -hmm. values her Mm -hmm. principles you know and understanding that like having haters whatever I don't know just I think it's useful if you're at that stage where all of a sudden now you're choosing to make your life public Mm -hmm. to other people which means that they're going to pick it apart and they're going to say things yeah uh then then not allowing them to rile you up and knowing that that's wasted energy and Mm -hmm. so on it's funny for me I have a tendency to get more fired up when people come at my friends on the internet Mm -hmm. like I'm more like whatever versus when they come at me which is Mm -hmm. still few and far between I'm my my quote unquote you know it's it's small enough it's not a frequent occurrence but when it does happen (laughs) I have I grew up with a very sarcastic father Uh and so like sarcasm is within me (laughs) and I am very aware of like I don't want to I personally at this time do not want to engage with it whatever but like what happens in my brain is I'm like thank you for educating the class today thank you so much for being here (laughs) and like I don't say anything but it happens in my brain all the time Mm -hmm. um but yet like you come at my friend and I'm like Oh, I will fight you. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel you. My <laughs> friends feel the same way sometimes. It's yeah. so, yeah, about you. Yeah, my, my friend commented like, I've known him since I was five. I've grown up with him. I live with him, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, somebody came in with facts. What does IG come to? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have to move along. I do want to ask you, because you said so many times through telling your like, starting at a young age, et cetera, mm-hmm. you, the obedience thing came mm-hmm. up. I don't know how many times, but mm-hmm. a lot. So do you feel like like was that simply taught to you from your parents that this is a this is a value that you need to have uh being obedient to your mother and father like was that baked into your core was that just always present it sounds i mean if that was starting at age five like it sounds like it kind of was but you still identify with it today Mm -hmm. and you have a lot more as you age independent thought right like why is that such a priority to you yeah, so that's a great question. So I would say that the term obediency itself wasn't necessarily presented to me as a kid. However, the core values that I was taught otherwise, such as I think the two words that resonate the most with my childhood would be loyalty and humility or, or being able to be humble. And so within those core values, I think obediency kind of adopted itself. I also will go on a limb to say that as a young child, an only child, I understood very much from a young age the importance of myself within my parents' relationship mm. because of how much they love me and I'm I'm the let's say let's say I'm their key common denominator for sure. Totally. And their love for me it very much so affects their day, day to day. And I and I had whether I was consciously aware of that or subconsciously aware of that, I think that from a very young age, two, three, four, five years old, that that was a value, whether I knew what the actual word meant or not, that I had to 
prioritize. And so, yeah, now, now actually having a word to put behind it, that's, that's what resonates with me because it's, it's to me, it's like, okay, if I'm making a decision or I'm pursuing something, it's 100% with the mindset of, is this going to make my parents proud of me or is this going to sit well with them or what have you? Yeah. And that's why like now being a entrepreneur and having very, 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 very specific goals, communicating some of those goals to my parents was a hump that was very hard to get over, especially as I was entering adulthood and, and going through all these various things in my head and what's what I should do, what I shouldn't do. And, and starting to realize that I'm not going to go the normal route that I was once told to go. And that's where I was at such a time of conflict in my head. It's like, I really, really, really don't want to do this. But at the same time, I know if I don't do this, it's going to not sit very, very well with how I was brought up. Yeah. And so. Well, it felt disobedient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like you go your whole life trying to be the most obedient kid. And then the one time you where you want to be disobedient, quote unquote, or just do, do your own thing, then that that strikes more fear in, me, fear in me than nearly anything else I've ever experienced in my life. Interesting. I think that's so relatable. Not that your goal, because it, it was so cool that when I asked you, when, I, when we first were having a real conversation, I was like, dude, what are you, like, you're doing so many things. Like, what are you trying to do? And you, like, immediately spit out a very well articulated single sentence of goal, right? Like I was like, whoa, hold on, wait a second. Cause when people ask me that I meander around for a bit. Right. And so to know, I guess even though that goal is not super common, right? Your current goal is not super common. The relatability of that storyline of like feeling called to do a certain thing and whether it's mother, father, whether it's society, whether it's best friends, whether it's cultural, I mean, certainly, Hey, I could definitely relate back was we talked about before we hopped on about my alcoholism background. Right. And like saying that I was going to stop drinking and get sober Mm -hmm. was entirely outside of the realm of the world that I lived in. And so it was like, um, it was in complete conflict with my environment, right? And so it was very, very scary and lonely and so on. So that's like an yeah. example I could pull on. But for you to have this specific goal, I, let's just go into like what is what is the goal? So what I told Claire when she asked me, I forgot what she said. It was it was like she was talking before we did the live and Instagram live. Instagram live. It was his interview pre-interview. It was me making sure that he could, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I just hadn't relaunched the pod. I passed the interview. Um, she, she Jury's still me, out, but we're here. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I broke in the house. What? Um, so she basically asked me like, what, what am I trying to get all of this to amount to? I think that was to some degree what she said. Yeah. And my, my short answer was, I want to be a superhero to millions of kids. And there's a couple other goals that are, that coincide with that, that mm-hmm. would, accomplish themselves if I do do that, which I, that's where I'm going, such as with being a superhero to millions of kids, the success that's attained from that then immediately bleeds down to being able to pave careers for my best friends that all work with me, my three best friends, and be able to take care of them and their families for the rest of their lives. That's a goal that's pretty much on the same playing field. Baked in. For sure. Taking care of my parents is the same thing. I'm single now, but at the time it was manifested like whatever girl ends up with me will be able to like reap the fruits of that labor in, in the same fashion. Mm-hmm. So th- those are 
collectively, like with what I'm working towards, like that's what all is going to happen for me at some point. Now, in regards to being able to articulate a goal very short and concise like that, and then expand upon it after the fact, that in correlation to our last conversation was definitely a skill that has been worked on very diligently for the past five or six years. And yeah, it starts with like being afraid to communicate your, your goals and desires if otherwise outside of the norm to anyone. Like I talked to Claire about this a little bit, but if your random stranger came up to me at the gym when I was 19, 20, 21, when I started kind of venturing down this rabbit hole of what I could do, like, Oh, what do you do? Or what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Oh yeah, I'm going to college and I'm getting accepted into honor college at ASU and you know, I'll find a job or something like, Oh yeah, that's awesome, man. Honors college is sick. In the back of my head, I'm like, God, I'm going to (laughs) puke. I can't. Yeah. Like I can't, I I literally just lied through my teeth. I mean, I didn't lie, but like I lied. Mm -hmm. And then you were trying to convince yourself. Yeah. I was, it's it's a huge internal conflict for sure. Then I started to really start to see certain things happen in my life that like, okay, I think, I think I can do this. So then I started to believe it more. So then Mm -hmm. I was able to express that thought to your random stranger that would come up to me like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm building my brand up to do this. Oh really? That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. And whether the thing is cool or not, it started to just not matter to me as much. Well, go ahead. No, I just love what you were, when you just walked through that, you said, this is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. There was so much conviction and in that statement. And so that journey from 19 to now, yet again, it just comes back to the fact that you have this disposition. I believe you, right? You believe you. And I think outside of all the other individuals believing you, you believing you is the biggest part. Thank you. And you do. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. What's the question? (laughs) Depending on how much time you have for me to keep going, I'll keep going. Yeah, do. So, because there's like phases of this, I think. Okay. So by the time I started feeling comfortable expressing what I want to do to people that didn't have as much as, as importance in my life, I started getting a little bit of confidence. I'm like, okay, I, I, I can say this and, and not be afraid of what they think. I started to notice that I wanted to do different when I was literally in the honors college at ASU. And I started hearing all my various peers talk about their internships and their, their companies that they're going to get and all these different things. And I'm like, I'm so happy for all you guys, but I just don't give a fuck. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's, that's like where I realized. And it's not awful. It just was awful for you. For sure. Right. Yeah. And, but that's when I realized like, wow, I'm just really like, I'm just really not meant to be here. Like I'm yeah. meant to be here to find my purpose, but I'm not meant to be here to, to actually gain anything from my life moving forward. Okay. You know, from a career standpoint, this is not, yeah, I'm not stepping from here to the, the, right path that this would seem mm-hmm. to step to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, internal conflict. Here we go. So now I have to find a way to eventually either accomplish these goals before I have to tell my parents or anyone else that I care about, or I got to start telling everybody that I care about and then accomplish these goals. I was like, which one do you think is going to happen first? I'm like, well, but in reality hit at some point, I'm like, I'm get, like, realistically speaking, and I'll, and I'll say this to anybody is if, if you have a goal, big or small, if you are afraid to verbalize that to anybody, you're you're missing realistically half the battle. And it's not like something where it's like I'm flaunting it. 
right? But if somebody like yourself asks me, then I'm just going to be straight up honest from the get-go because that's my way of practicing the manifestation that I believe is necessary to accomplish something greater with your life. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, like, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a very old school kind of household, right? And, and the goals for myself was, was very traditional and old school for the matter. Go to school, get a bunch of degrees and get a, get a normal job or a good job, but a normal one. And damn, I'm going to have to tell my parents this. Fuck. Well, eventually, eventually I got the courage and balls to do so. And I remember when I actually did not only did the sense of relief that I felt, it, it was a very tough moment for sure, but there was a sense of relief I felt and the confidence I felt. I'm like, I just did the hands down scariest thing that I'll ever have to do in my life right then and there. At least that's what I told myself. Yeah. So then at that point, I can, do, I can tell this to anybody. I can speak this to anybody. You can put me in front of the world right now. I'll say the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. When I was 20 or 21, if a gorgeous girl like yourself asked me what I want to do with my life, oh my fucking God. <laughs> you're gonna go to be an intern right yes <laughs> i'm gonna apply like right after this but now it's like whether it's you or my parents or or the the greatest jujitsu practitioner in the world or the greatest wrestler in the world it's i'm me i have my goals that doesn't change whether you're famous or you're not i'm just gonna tell you what it is yeah and you can take it for what it is but the important part of all that is whether the person believes me or not or they think it's silly or not I just had another repetition of manifestation mm-hmm. that's going to add up to me eventually accomplishing these goals that I've set out for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I credit, honestly, Goldberg as to why I believe so much in these various goals because, you know, we didn't touch about it too much, but Bill Goldberg is one of the most famous wrestlers of all time who's my childhood hero. So I've been watching him since I was three. For years and years and years and years, I just always would just – idolize the kids that he would come up to in the stands and put on his shoulders and and be a superhero for these given kids and I, I would want to feel that for one but now I'm in a point where I want to be that but to think that my three-year-old self could have the power to manifest the ability to not only meet my childhood hero but to then actually get to the point like yeah that's my Texas dad I go to his house every weekend like I train his son I train my little brother there's no explanation than that other than God and, and my ability to manifest what I want to happen with my life. And, and so like that's such a unique scenario. That's when I started really uh, exiting the term of luck and exiting the term of coincidence away from my life because there's no luck. There's no coincidence. Everything that's meant to happen will happen. And you can control these things through your words and your actions. And you can kind of twist things around. But if you, if you believe in the process and you believe in God and you believe in your word, you can find your purpose and they'll lead you the right way. That's what I believe. This reminds me of one of Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life, uh, which is I'm looking it up right now. Um, are you, have you read that book? Mm-mm. Let's see. Well, it's, it's be something with be impeccable with your word, I believe is what the, the appropriate one is. But anyway, mm-hmm. what, so there was the because con- to me I see two things right I I hear all of this and I think it's so cool and mm-hmm. I agree but like so you've been manifesting you've been saying you've been speaking right and so being impeccable with your word not only looks like whenever the individual outside of you asks you the question but more more importantly most importantly what are you saying to yourself you know and in in my coaching business right like so much of the work that we're doing is just working on what's going on in between their ears and you know what with me too and uh and and so the other component to that which is very real is that not only have you been 
saying out loud, saying it between your ears to be able to buy in, catching yourself when you were using a term that wasn't of service to you, being mindful of the words that you say, but you accompany that with the most essential piece, it's the action, right? The day in, day out discipline, because the level of discipline that you live your life with is abnormal. And that's very obvious to anybody observing. And so I think that just to say, like, while the manifestation, while the affirmation is all an essential component, the other component is I'm not believing any of the words that I'm saying if I'm not taking action consistently on any of them. You know, it's like me with alcoholism. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't trust myself. I had to get that out of my life to be able to do the reps to learn that I could trust myself, you know? So I know I keep drawing back to that one, but that one just is a big standout for me. And it's something that is highly relatable for a lot of people. So that's awesome. Um, okay. So then with the discipline too, I guess, so from five to 27, like a lot's gone on, right? Mm -hmm. Life has happened. Uh, you've moved states, you've had a lot of accomplishments, you've done a lot of different things. You still have this big goal. Uh, Day in, day out, because this is the broad view, and it sounds super dope, and it is super dope, right? Mm -hmm. However, day to day, it is monotonous. It is exhausting. It is not sexy, glamorous. (laughs) All of the mobility work that you're doing that is, from my perspective, inspiring and entertaining to watch, uh, it's not fun. Someone else said the other day about you Mm -hmm. at the gym, because they're paying attention to what you're doing. People are paying attention. Thank you. Because you stand out. Thank you. And someone said, they're like, it's crazy. That dude's huge. And literally every time I look over, he's sitting down, you know? And it was like, and because in between your sets, uh-huh. right? Like you rest in between your mm-hmm. sets because your goals are blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's, it's just it's funny. Like, yeah, it's intentional. It's all, there's intention behind all of it. Mm-hmm. So with the discipline, if you were to speak to someone who is working on strengthening that muscle themselves of simply being able to adhere to their own discipline, whatever it looks like. It's not the same story as yours. It's not the same goal as yours, but yet they would like to improve on their discipline. Like, why do you still do all the monotonous actions day to day? I mean, I guess it's because your why is so big, but maybe the how, the how bit, like what are the actions that you take every day? Does that make sense? Does my question make sense? It does. I think the why and the how coincide with each other and one doesn't happen without the other. So what I mean by that is, and I'll try to give a unique answer bigger than or, or different than what you would typically hear from this question. So for me, the discipline derives from the foresaid belief in myself and the goals. And with believing in yourself and your goals, at a certain point, maybe even at the beginning, you have to like practice being delusional to some degree. Totally. To, yeah, to trick yourself into thinking this or just genuinely believe that you're going to do this crazy ass thing that nobody else thinks that you can do Yeah, because it's the adaptation of that mindset that allows you to be disciplined and discipline to me, you could say discipline is the work accumulated to lead into accomplishing a goal. But discipline to me on a deeper level is doing those same habits with a goal that is not guaranteed to happen. I could tell you, I could tell you that I'll lose 10 pounds by next month. I could guarantee that Yeah. with some of the stuff that I've talked about. It's, it's to me, it's guaranteed. I've manifested it is going to happen, but it's not on paper guaranteed. Totally. But having the delusional belief in yourself that these daily habits will accumulate into something much, much bigger when the time is right. 
uh, that's where the ability to implement these habits of discipline come into my life. Like, for example, I was talking to my friend about today. I'm like, you know, yesterday, dude, it was like basically eight hours of training straight from three hours in the gym and then about half an hour of mobility and then 30 minutes in the sauna and then change the shower and then go straight to pro wrestling for four hours. And Which, I, by the way, guys, is not even remotely anywhere near what most people need to do. Like the, the volume yeah. that most individuals need to do to have right. a high quality of life is significantly lower. Continue. Yeah, don't, don't do me. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but I've allowed myself to adapt to that, knowing that all these little things maybe aren't necessary, but will help me get to where I need to go, at least in my head. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm dedicating my entire day to making myself better in multiple different areas, well, that's going to take multiple different hours and multiple different locations and multiple different time frames and so on and so forth. And still trying to put in clients and everything like that into play. Right. That's why I'm very grateful for my best friend specifically right now, my best friend, Matt, who is literally my right hand man in everything. I was, I thankfully from a business side of things, I've grown to where he now works for me full time. My other best friend just moved here. So now he's next in line. And then my other best friend, thank you. And so those guys, I'm doing my best to take care of them. But in reality, they take care of me tenfold more than I do on the other end. And there's no money value that could ever represent that. I try my best, but, and it's going to continue to get better, but I'm just so grateful because, and that's why my motivation with my business, how strong was to solely take care of them is because since we're kids, well, specifically my best friends, Matt and Irving, I've known them since I was six. So no matter what sport it was, they always signed up with me just to be on my team, uh, wrestling, baseball, football, basketball, uh, jujitsu, powerlifting, Irving did bodybuilding with me. And so understanding that I have such a rare friendship with these two individuals, now three with my other friend, Jacob Hayes from high school, when we started business together, because these people have ridden out with me like for so long, like mm-hmm. by the time we're 18, we already had like 13 years accumulated a friendship. And so, and it just never died. We'd ride, ride our bikes to practice five miles and then practice and then lift and then say after practice, after they locked up the gym and sneak back in and then ride our bikes back and then sleep and then go to the gym again and then repeat. And they, they trusted me in this process that I just, I just laid out for them. And I, and I did my best to show them certain certain aspects of discipline and, and hard work and work ethic when I was, when I was a teenager. And I've always tried to be somewhat of a role, role model figure to them. And I, and I come to the point to where I realized like, Hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And these people just trust me throughout the whole process. And not only that, we're there for me with like everything, no matter what competition I was doing in another state, no matter what they had to get off in order to be there for me, they were. And so as I get older, I think to myself, like, how, how do I really pay them back for mm. this? Mm-hmm. They already believe in my goals. They believe in my vision. They now believe in our vision as a business. So then why the fuck wouldn't I build my business up so successfully to just hand it to them? Mm. That's like the ultimate thank you in my head, at least to be able to say the work that you dedicated to me, the sacrifices that you dedicated to our friendship, our brotherhood. I can never repay you, but I'll do my very best to make sure that it takes care of you and your family for generations to come. That's that's where my head's at with that. So now this year, after moving to Austin in just a few short months, I can tell Matt, hey, dude, I need you to quit your fucking job because I am overloaded bad. And we did all the math and we're like, okay, if we do this much, then we can get you to quit. Like, all right, let's do it. We're going to have to budget, but we're going to make it work. I don't give a fuck if I have to cut my paycheck into a third. I'll do it. Because, uh, and not to necessarily brag, but to, to give people perspective about 
sacrifice and understanding a bigger picture. I had started the online coaching to move to Austin to just make it realistic to even move because all my clients back home in Arizona were in person. So then I worked really hard to build that up. And then after building that up, I took whatever clientele that I had at the time. And I'm like, okay, with this amount of money, how much is it going to take for you to quit your job? He gave me the number. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, it went from making more than I ever had before to now it's like, you're gonna have to make a pretty large sacrifice here. But then I thought to myself, like, what the fuck are you thinking? Do you remember like the goal that you even set out from the beginning? So if you can make enough money just to coast by, but then check off one of those goals for one of your friends right now, just do it. Like, did you really mean what you meant or are you, are you fucking scared? So that's what I told myself. Mm. So then after I went through that internal like pep talk, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. I'll cut my paycheck in a third just to make sure that A, you can sustainably work for me, but B, I accomplished my goals with my friends faster, yeah. sooner to prove my point. Because another part of my belief process is that as soon as my friends are taken care of, then I'll be able to spread my wings and fly to where I'm meant to go. But I need to assure that my friends are going to be okay when I go off and do whatever's meant for me. That's where my mindset. And that's honestly, like, from a chronological standpoint, what I've manifested in, in regards to, like, guys, we need to grind through this. We need to do all these different things because as soon as you guys are good, I will take off into the next step in my life, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's what I see for myself. Mm-hmm. Abnormal. It's all I hear, which is, and like, I, I believe it. Abnormal. I believe it. But just because it's abnormal doesn't mean that it's not, you know, that it's not doable. Obviously, you are literally proving that it is, which is just like the coolest thing about inspiring individuals, Thank which you. you just qualify. Um, that also makes me think of some quote that I that I saw somewhere or whatever recently that was just, you know, the value of the difference between 10 new friends every year for 10 years versus one steady friend for 10 years and and it's just you know like clearly you see the value in those relationships and I think it's really cool the relationships that I have that have endured time those the value of those humans in my life only gets greater Mm -hmm. and so it's really cool because I think of time it's our it's a really precious asset right like you only like there's only so many hours in a day there's only so many weeks in a year months whatever anyway so uh, appropriately and we're all gonna like not do it perfectly right and so giving the grace of knowing that imperfection is just a part of being human but definitely today when I think about taking on new friendships because I want to support everybody like we all want to like be super supportive you know Mm -hmm. this is probably really relatable for you like I'm at a point now where it's like uh, I need to be really mindful of the attention that I give to the relationships that matter the most to me and understand that every bit of additional energy that goes towards other newer things is taking away from those. And so just evaluating it for what it is and what, what do you want to do about that? You know, like, cause the, all of those relationships take a lot of time and energy, but yeah. also if they mean something to you, they should. Yeah. I don't know. So I just think that's cool because you're clearly, you get it. Okay. I have so many other questions on here, but also we're getting like, we're getting close to time and this is great. So I do want to ask you Mm -hmm. because you're a human. So you're doing a lot of things really well and that's like beyond evident. And I'm stoked to just continue to watch you do that Mm -hmm. and to support you however I can. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
what is an area of life that you feel like you wish that you were doing better with? Like what is an area, if, if you're comfortable sharing, mm-hmm. that you don't feel like you're doing super well on? That's something that you do want to work on. Mm-hmm. I would say stress management and patience. I talked to you about it a little bit. Yeah. But those, those would be the, the two biggest things. It's like I would say, you know, you know, as much as I might have thought that I was stressed like a year ago, two years ago, it's just like not even comparable. And now it's a team effort more than anything amongst my friends and I. And so if, if I feel like a certain aspect of work is, is being slept on or not given enough effort, then like I jump on it pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. And, and they understand why I'm doing so. But I know I could communicate it better. And a lot of it has to do with, I think, the expectation of being able to comprehend things like on the first go when I was a kid. And so I had that same expectations for my closest friends. And so, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I'll go on a limb to say that my, my friends that we met are not uh, are not attentive 100 percent of the time. And you guys can uh, laugh with me as we listen to this at home. But. But with that said, too, as much as they may miss a detail or two from time to time, I, I am also very quick to, to let them know that they did. Right. And we're boys and we've been friends since we we're kids. And so I might I might tell them that they missed a detail a little bit differently than I would tell you that you missed a detail. You know what I mean? But it's, it's like um, there's a certain level of comfortability that I take for granted. And I, I verbalize things in such a way that maybe I don't take into account like how, how it makes them feel like when, when, I'm, when I'm expressing it, basically. Effective so, communication. Yeah. We should but, talk more about this after we're done here. For sure. If you... Yeah. I love this topic. Okay. Okay. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Uh, so, so that... The communication combined with just a, like a different level of patience. Because like in my head, I, I stress myself out with all these various things I need to do and you know, I, I made my goals pretty big. So then I, I make it bigger than it needs to be in my head. And then, you know, I hit like a, let's say like a, a empty point, like my fuel's on, on E for the day. And so it was like my patience and everything else. So like, I feel like if I'm putting in my side of things and, uh, if I, if I notice like even the slightest little error, that's not even, not even that big, I'll be like, guys, what the fuck, you know? And, uh, and then like we go through and we argue and then we always come back with peace at some point, Mm -hmm. but after some jousting, you know, we just had one last night, Matt, (laughs) Uh, you have to meet Matt. He's a great guy. I have faith that I will. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Irving, Matt, you're great. I don't even know you yet, but you're on the team. So team house strong. I hate you, Matt. Oh, dang. Okay. Well, (laughs) he mad, bro. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's like the biggest thing. And, and he, and he uh, would tell me like, you know, I really don't like when you say it like this or yeah. I, he's like, I get what you're trying to say, but it makes me feel like this. I'm How like, cool. Okay. People show up in your life to be teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So this individual, this best friend of yours, mm-hmm. he is getting to be your teacher and you him as well. But in that speci- the fact that he is communicating to you, I don't like the way that this makes me feel mm-hmm. is really cool because he's giving you an opportunity to learn how to more effectively communicate for sure and still loving you through it. For sure. Team Matt. And that's, <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even team Jimmy in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I, I, I deserve nothing in this case. So yeah, no. And, and that's like, that's a thing that I've gotten better at, but will continuously to get better at because being mentally aware is like the biggest 
really the biggest step in in something like that you know uh i and i've also communicated I'm like guys this also doesn't mean that like it's it's okay to like make just blatant errors but let's we'll, we'll try to work on finding more of a common ground i'd rather i'd rather have a a back and forth like constructive conversation that leads us to actually bettering um the business or the friendship or whatever the case may be as opposed to something that's like one-sided where i'm giving a bunch of critiques but i don't necessarily like feel like there's uh communication going both ways like sometimes i express more frustration when i'm like saying guys we need to do x y and z to be better at x y and z and it's just like like that like the head nods I'm like give me something like tell, yeah, you tell don't me want yes men yeah so tell, like tell me that you're hearing me here and so we talked about that last night right and so we we both got on a better page on what the other expects mm -hmm. and you know it's been this is related not related but i moved here with matt right we both took this leap of faith that we're both gonna make this worth and secede and even in the short seven months that we've been here we've far exceeded expectations but it's been quite the process to understand the system that we're trying to implement and and all these different things that go with like this new transition in life and uh i despite all the fights and the arguments and yada 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 like it, it's it's a good time to publicly say matt i am so proud of you for what you've been able to do to help make our business to where it's at today and now we have our two best friends here to help us delete that part <laughs> that was the best part. Thank you. Um, gratitude's a cool thing. I think you do a really good job of that and remembering that. Oh, let's just, I'll just leave it there. Okay. Patience, stress management. Mm -hmm. Those were your two. And so, to the point of stress management, I would say, like, being more aware of what my stress comes off as to, like, other people. So, for example, I'm not. I'm not super like inclined to like look for arguments or be intense or whatever the case may be more so during like levels of stress. I just want to like be left alone and just like rejuvenate mm -hmm. after a long day of doing whatever. But if somebody, if somebody like needs, needs me or, or whatever the case may be, and I'm just like completely checked out, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's my job and responsibility to find a better way to like have a balance between that. If mm -hmm. there is one, or at least find some sort of way to make it both work just because I can be an extrovert, but between my mom and my dad, I can also be an introvert. So then when I'm an extrovert all day trying to be me and this, this person I'm trying to create, and then I get home and I'm like, okay, I can let off my mask and just chill, you know, um, and trying to like de-stress. Then that, that's when I need to be better at still like being able to communicate things to my friends or, or whoever else, even when I want to just kind of like stop thinking for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. I think that's yet again, highly relatable is that whole concept of who are you when nobody's looking, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the fact that it never has to be perfect because it just won't be. Yeah. But those close proximity individuals that love you so are always going to get the, the harshest parts of you. But it's not a cop out to not try. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think totally. it's cool. Thank you for sharing it. Absolutely. Because it's the stack of accomplishments that you have is lengthy. And you're going to continue to stack those. And the conviction in your voice when you say that these are your goals, like I just believe you. And, you, you know, like, uh, so it's exciting. 
but then also like remembering that there's this whole human mm -hmm. and this whole human means that not everything is perfect. This is, this is hella inspiring. I just, I just, yeah, I, I like to touch on those details as well. And I think it's important because it allows me to practice the, the good and bad of what, you know, manifestation kind of comes with. Like you can manifest good things for yourself, but if manifesting means you have to admit that you're lagging or poor in an area, would you still do it? You know, like you, you asked me that question. I wouldn't hesitate on telling you what I need to be better at because I know I need to be better at it. So if I'm given an opportunity to say it, then that's kind of part of the process. I feel like, you know, totally. And if, if I were to just like, no, I don't feel comfortable, Claire, then I don't, I'm not really serious about changing that for myself. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. Okay. This was something I was going to ask you about, but I'm not going to because of the time. Um, <clears throat> but what's great is that there's a lot of other content, so I'm just going to direct it. So I do want to make a comment here. Mm -hmm. That is that within the last year, less than a year ago, you had a, a significant injury. Mm -hmm. You had a knee injury. You had three tears ligaments, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And a fractured femur. Mm -hmm. So this is significant injury at the knee joint and to that bone. Yeah. And you then did not have surgery and have done rehab and have pulled 18 or I'm sorry, 800 off the ground since then and done just incredible feats of strength. We worked out on Monday and you back squatted 530 like that's just 530 pounds. So because I, we're not going to be able to just go down that road right here in this container, sure. but you've done it elsewhere. So Mark, I feel like you did a good job in the, in the interview that you had with Mark Bell. Thank you. A few months ago, mm -hmm. you walked through a lot more details about that rehab. And then also you post a lot of content mm -hmm. on social media. So I guess more than anything, I want to like make sure that we touch on the fact that that happened. Cause it's another thing that a lot of people are dealing with injuries and, and not knowing what to do. And so do you want to like kind of comment on that at all? And then yeah. just like tell them where to go consume more about that if they want. Yeah. So ever since that knee injury, I, I get a lot of questions about rehabbing knees or rehabbing injuries in general. And, and, it's not even to pretend like I'm some sort of physical therapist or doctor by any means, but I will say that I did accumulate a lot of experience in trying to find creative ways to encourage healing. And so it's easier than what most people would probably give it credit for when you understand that conce conceptually, you kind of just apply the same thing to every single type of injured area. Now, there's some things that, of course, may need medical attention, but more often than not, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that you could heal your own injury if you have the right approach, understand what concepts you need to apply, and then also just give yourself enough time to do so. And so through my process, I knew the second it happened, and if you saw the video on my Instagram, you would uh, understand why I'm saying that, but I knew the second it happened, it was going to be bad. That's why I was screaming and rolling and saying, fuck, 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 God damn it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I thought like my athletic career, like that was it. Yep. After I saw that I could actually walk on my own leg somehow after the injury occurred, then that gave me hope. I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. I've rehabbed more minor knee injuries before, came out of it just fine, but that was by far the worst as well as the most ligaments being affected at the same time. So the biggest thing that I took conceptually out of that is understanding what you can do in that moment and how to progress it long term. And then at a certain point, once you, once you get to the point to where range of motion isn't a restriction, now what exercises are going to be necessary in order to build the durability that will mitigate the chance of that happening in the future? For example, my more recent knee sprain, let's call it, on the inside of me, that my knee that happened earlier this week, that's a, that's a sign to me that I need to put more attention on building lateral strength 
in my knee through my through 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 the muscles on the side of the knee, even coming up into the adductor. So mm-hmm. I have a good friend that's a strength coach at Elon uh, University in North Carolina. And he sent me over a bunch of really good stuff to build some more of that lateral strength because I'm, I'm very strong moving forward or when my joints are stacked, but I should probably build a little bit more strength laterally. So should I? We should do this. I've done a lot of abduction because, mm. you know, glute medius. Yeah. But uh, ADD, not so much. <laughs> so basically, if you got yeah. some adductor um, stuff from your friend, you should, I'll just I'll do it with you. Let's I need to, it. to get stronger because it's not like a sexy thing to do. You know no, what I mean? It's, and it's not even like a muscle that you grow and you're like, oh, that yeah, looks good. Like the exactly. medius, we just grow on that because we just want to peach. Exactly. But like, mm-hmm. anyway, that's one that is useful for life being durable there is relevant for all the things that you're doing oh my gosh what you're embarking on next like you need to be safe laterally yeah exactly as do all humans but anyway yeah yeah we'll do it it'll be fun yeah so and so maybe a closing thought to that is you're rehabbing an injury if the majority of your workouts are mostly geared towards improving how you look aesthetically there's probably some missing links in there that you could throw in that could probably help in regards to like a lot of people have hip problems because they don't work their hips or they have back problems because they don't work their hips or what have you. Or they, they might work their hamstrings, but they don't work on lengthening their hamstrings. So they have Mm -hmm. really tight hamstrings that create other issues. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things I've been asked this before. Isn't that like really, really tedious to like work every little thing? I'm like, sure, but maybe not as tedious as it would be having to hobble around in my Mm fifties. So I guess it's, it's pick your poison type of thing. But I, I've come to enjoy the process. Again, like mobility is such a new thing to me and it would be to most people to where you can actually see progress pretty fast. And once you start to see the progress, it's, that's the addictive feeling that makes you not want to stop. So it's, it's worth having in any bodybuilding or general fitness or powerlifting protocol just to, just to know how to heal injuries, but also like, again, decrease your chance of even getting one. That's important. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is, you are in the thick of it with sport. You are at the, you know, the height of like, you are just continuing to become more in sport, right? Which is so cool. But even for the 65 year old woman that's listening to this because that's my audience is mm-hmm. definitely a, a broader range there. We've got a broad range, but like shout out ladies. I well, love you. I love to <laughs> add something to that. That's cool. So quick tidbit. I had, I had a client back home that was doing uh, some knees over toes exercises at her gym with her son. And then one of the trainers that maybe is not as up to date with things as you should be made a comment. Oh, that's terrible for your knees. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, Oh, who told you to do that? Oh, Jimmy did. Oh, well, Jimmy can do that. He's an athlete, but you, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hmm. Okay. Well, funny enough, if you, if you were, if you go to, uh, knees over toes guy, his page, he, he blasts like his mom on there a lot. She's like 67 or something like that. She's doing full range of motion, split squats, running all these different things. So it has nothing to do with somebody's ability Mm -hmm. as to whether or not they should do certain things. Mm -hmm. It's understanding how do you regress a movement to give somebody a starting point and then understanding what the end goal is within that movement. And then you can take a woman that's in her sixties and have her do things that most 20 year olds can't do. Absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily mean that she's athletically more inclined than the 20 year old. Uh, but it, it means that she probably had a better plan and was more diligent in understanding the process, the process that coincides with that plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the whole point there is that, that literally as we age, we've come to understand that durability is really important because mm-hmm. whenever you experience an injury or an accident occurs or something like that, which as we age is inevitable in yep. some way, uh, is your body adapted to be able to deal with things better. And so that speaks to this durability side of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
yo, we land in the plane. All right, <laughs> here we go. There's so much more on this freaking sheet. Anyway, okay, so three things you're grateful for today. You, my friends, the life that I've been given, and what I'm chasing. That was so fast. <laughs> my turn. Three things I'm grateful for today. I did CrossFit with that in competitive crew this morning. And so I'm grateful for that because getting exposure to like their training is so much fun and it's empowering. Oh yeah. Um, and like we talked about like the whole, you know, front to back rack on the barbell and whatever. And those are things that today, because I don't do it all the time, I slow down a bit to make sure that I'm moving well. That's mm-hmm. a priority. Uh, but it's so empowering to be like, Oh sweetie, you got this. And you got this with significant load. Let's mm-hmm. go. So, uh, yeah. I'm grateful for an opportunity to get to go train with them because they're studs and, uh, they, they inspire me. I am grateful for the fact that this freaking podcast exists again. This is so freaking cool. Getting to have your time at length like this and share it with people is so, like, people are going to benefit from hearing your story. Like they're, I mean, you know, that that's your life goal, thank but you. so thank you for choosing to be here and in this container. Absolutely. And then my third gratitude is going to be for the fact that you loved the coffee. <laughs> it was very good. I'm so proud of my coffee. Okay. Uh, so I'm grateful that you enjoyed it. Okay. Where can the listener find you, support you? Is there anything in particular that you're like, I really want to make sure and say this before we go. Uh, other than that, I make, I want to make sure that you've got a new program coming out and you do plug that mm-hmm. if you're for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at jhouse182. You can find me on YouTube at Jimmy house. I have my website where I sell my merchandise and coaching Jimmy, Jimmy, or no, www.jimmyjimmyhouse, jimmyhouse.com. Yeah, that's the one. Do Say that Jimmyhouse.com. Jimmy there was a lot going on. Jimmyhouse.com, tongue twister. So that's the website. And then, yes, I am launching my first jiu-jitsu strength program. That's also going to be followed up by a bunch of different strength programs, but that's going to be on the Ganbaru app. You can download that and then get that strength program. It should be out next week, so at the very end of October of 2023. Cool. Yeah. By the time this comes out, that'll be out. Awesome. So, uh, okay. That will be in the description everywhere that this exists. So at minimum your Instagram, which will then tie into all of that stuff. So I'll make sure to include your handle and your whatever. So you guys go check that out. And I'm so excited for that new program. Uh, I got to see a little bit of, anyway, it looks (laughs) really really cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, It looks sick. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, uh, I'm excited for people to have access that access to that. Okay. That's a wrap, guys. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, I have to request that you have to, must, choose to. Rate and review. (laughs) Follow wherever you consume. And if you got something of value out of this, a big ask would be simply that you share it. And other than that, we, I think you'll identify with this, hope that you choose to have a beautiful day. Hell yeah. You in on that? Gorgeous day. We hope that you choose to have a beautiful day. Toodaloo.